Hey, I'm Savio Vega, WPOB, quarantine, my way or the highway. Hey fans, welcome to another edition of WPOV Quarantine. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan. With me, my co-host, <laughs> saying space for rent, I guess, the uh, lone wolf Andy Anderson. And uh, our other co-host, Elio Canella, the gentleman himself. Elio, welcome back. Great to be here. Now, if you're going to talk so much and ruin the show, I swear, Elio. Anyway, <laughs> today, <laughs> today, our topic is women's wrestling. And right now, we have a couple guests on right now. Of course, the returning Raven Lake. Raven, good to see you as Hi, always. Everybody. And new to the show, I'd like to introduce you guys to professional wrestler Dania. Dania, welcome Hi. aboard. Good to be here. Well, you know what, guys? You guys are professional wrestlers. You're women professional wrestlers. And that'll make this edition of Women's Wrestling a little more interesting. We tried this in the beginning, and uh, we did a show with absolutely no women wrestlers, which is hard to talk about women wrestling when there's no women insight. But today, we're going to try and rectify that. Now, first of all, Obviously, I got to ask, and I'm going to go to each one of you, and we'll recap it, even if Raven has told us before, what got you into wrestling? The first question is, what was the thing you saw that made you go, yep, I'm going to get in there and physically wrestle somebody else? The first thing that I saw? Yeah. Oh, my God. I was like nine years old when I first started watching wrestling, so Mm -hmm. we're going way back, but the big one was when I was watching Velvet and uh, Sherry. Okay. Yeah. And and I was what about like, that? What about uh, that exactly made you think that's what I want to do? The character, Sherry's character was so big and Velvet was just such an ass kicker. Mm-hmm. And when they wrestled, it wasn't, you know, all the screaming and all the bull crap part of wrestling. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were tough women wrestlers and they were kicking ass, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, yeah, okay, I could do this. You know, at the same time in that era was like the whole rock and wrestling and, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. Right. So it was just entertaining. And I just wanted to do it. I knew I used to watch it with my grandma. OK. Now, it's funny you brought up rock and wrestling because I'm going to get into that because that was obviously what could have been and probably what should have been sort of this golden era of women's wrestling kicking off. It unfortunately didn't go as far as it should have or could have. But uh, we'll, we'll get into that. Now, welcome to the show, Gabby Gilbert, who's just signing in on her now. Uh, Gabby, the question I'm asking right now, and I'm going to ask Daniel first, and then we'll get get over to you, is first of all, what was it that you saw that made you think, you know what, that's what I want to do. I want to become a woman's wrestler. Daniel, Uh, what was it for you? I've been a fan my whole Mm. life. Uh, Mm. When I was a kid, Hulk Hogan did it for me. I saw one match, and I'm like, I want to be a part of this, and I'd like write little stories, And I watched it growing up. And then when I went to university, I did my undergrad thesis on the history of professional wrestling. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, (laughs) I actually got someone to supervise that topic. And um, I just knew I wanted to do it at some point, but I didn't know how to do it or where to get into it. Or Mm -hmm. like, I didn't even know about schools or anything. I was just like, I want to be in the WWE and I want to be a wrestler and I'll get there somehow. Okay. Excellent. And is that thesis floating around somewhere? I mean, is that something somebody can see? Because now we're all probably curious about it. I have it, but I don't uh-huh. have it published. It's not. Yeah, you can't find it. 
Oh, you can self-publish it. We're gonna get. We're gonna see about that. We're gonna nag All it right. to you. Self-publish it. All right, <laughs> Gabby. What was it about wrestling? What did you see? What what got you on there? I just loved all of it. I just my I used to watch it all the time with my dad. I grew up watching it. It'd always be on like every Saturday morning. And like, it's funny that she says that she's like, she made her thesis about it. But like anytime I could make a, like a topic of school into wrestling, like I would like, oh, let's try to make this wrestling somehow. Um, but like, I didn't like, th- I knew I was going to be famous, <laughs> but I didn't know how. And then one day I was just like, I saw uh, the one documentary, the unreal story of pro wrestling. And they talk about fabulous Mula having a school. And I was like, oh my god there's schools for this so why don't I just go find a school and I kept trying to find Moolah school which never happened and I uh applied to a bunch of schools and they're like most of them either didn't get back to me or they would be like we don't take girls and a lot of schools weren't taking girls at the time which is funny because like CZW actually turned me down because I was a girl and now I'm a trainer at the CZW school so it's it's crazy how things are changing now so Hmm. Okay. Well, hey, you know what? After watching Dark Side of the Ring, I'm not sure if you really wanted to end up in Moolah School. I don't want to sound rude, but that was a pretty harsh story. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So, Raven, you, you yeah. want to be a wrestler. Where did you go to start getting training? Was it hard to get in there? And tell us a bit about um, it. Well, when I... The first time I tried to get any kind of training, I actually... Um, there was an ad, that, and I called it, and uh, at that time, it was Rocky Della Sara who was running the school in this territory. And we set up like a little meeting so I could, you know, talk to him about becoming a wrestler. And he said to me, um, you know, I honestly don't think that you're ready for this. And as a woman, uh, this business is really tough. And I don't think you're ready. I was 16 years old. So when I went for that meeting with him. So he really tried to push me away from it and told me not to get involved in wrestling and that it wasn't something that I could ever make a living out of. So I was like crushed. And, but I still went mm-hmm. home, watched wrestling, did all the stuff, whatever. And then um, years later, I met a gentleman named uh, Rick Marsh, um, who was a worker from around here back in the, in the day. Um, also, I think he was in Calgary too for a while there. Anyways, um, he introduced me to gorgeous Michelle Starr. And Star um, was really not sure if he wanted to train me or not. I was 17 uh, when I met up with Star. And he was pretty, you know, not sure whether or not he wanted to have somebody so young. But my dad being my dad, who has always supported me in everything I do. um, My dad signed the papers so that I could start training. Um, And when I first started training, um, I was one of his first students that went through the school. And I was training with uh, Johnny Canuck. Um, rest in peace. Um, he's passed on now, but I was trained with uh, Johnny and it was all guys at the school when I was training. And I was really lucky um, because he wanted me to learn more of the women's stuff, you know, like the hair wheels and, you know, that kind of stuff. Keep in mind, this is like 1990, that would have been 91. So back then it was still, you know, the women's hair wheel, stuff like that. They weren't really doing a lot of the high flying and stuff then. Um, but anyways, so he wanted me to learn more on the female aspect of it. And he brought in Velvet McIntyre. And then my training went on from there. Okay. Danya. I love Armed Velvet McIntyre. Just had to say that. Sorry. <laughs> she is awesome. <laughs> now, Danya, armed with a thesis on wrestling and you're looking for to get in, what did you do and how was that? 
So this was a total fluke and it was mm-hmm. a moment of, you know, when like things are supposed to happen for you, they happen for you. Mm-hmm. I've been in fitness my whole life. I was working at uh, a Bally's when they still existed up here. And um, one of my friends who was managing the pro shop, it was his birthday and he got a WWE cake and I'm like, oh, you like wrestling? And he's like, well, actually I am a wrestler. I was like, tell me more about this. Uh, And he was really good friends with Rob Fuego, who owns Squared Circle Wrestling in Toronto. And one of the girls that I had just hired at Bally's, Tiana Ringer, I was training there. Um, And so he's like, I'll introduce you to Rob when he comes into the shop because he works out at this gym. Like, go figure. And I met Rob. He's like, you know what? Come in. We're always looking for girls. Um, just come try a class, see if you like it. And I was just like, I didn't sleep the night before. <laughs> like I was ready to go. We did this crazy conditioning stuff and I'm like, I got to be the first. And I woke up the next day, the most sore I've ever been <laughs> in my entire life. And I'm like, this is it. I, this is what I wanted more. So um, it just kind of all came together that way. It was just a meeting of people at the right time, right place, right moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rob was really big on training girls like Gail Kim, Angelina Love, Tracy Brooks, uh, Taylor Wilde. Um, they all came out of there in Tiana as well. So um, I knew I was in good hands in terms of being trained someone who wasn't just going to throw you in a brawn panties match, was actually going to teach you to wrestle. So. Okay. Yeah. And what year was this? This is 2004. 2004. Okay, perfect. And nobody along the way told you, you know, like I know Raven came along, well, this isn't ready for you sort of deal. No one tried to hold you back? No, I did. I went through all the conditioning drills that first day. He's like, you're in great shape. Like you've got Mm -hmm. athleticism behind you. Let's, let's do this. And Mm -hmm. he was very, very like ready to train girls. So yeah, that's great. Now, Gabby. How did you get in? What 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 did what was the training for you, and and how did you find it? Oh, so um, like I said, like I had to start looking on the internet for for schools and stuff because that's when the internet finally came out and started. So, um, I was going around, I was emailing tons of places. They wouldn't get back to me, and finally, I found Jersey All Pro Wrestling, and uh, I'm in Philly, and they're in Bayonne, New Jersey. And if you don't know, that's at least an hour and a half drive. I was still in high school. I was like 16. I'm, you know, talking to all, I'm like, you know, it was when they had message boards and I was like trying to get talking to the other students because they had a student show. They'd help me. So they had like this open call, like anyone come train out for $10. Let's see. And like first day, 50 to hundred people, second day, half that, and then half that. And then by the end of the week, it was like, here's our real class. <laughs> these are the real students and then these are the ones that moved on it was like a good handful of us um I was so and then I was like I kept saying like they kept well they kept telling me I don't know if they're just like you know saying whatever so I keep coming back but I was the only girl they kept saying I was the best in the class and da 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 I was the best in the class till Jay Lethal signed up and then (laughs) it was also in my class but uh yeah so uh then I just kept going I was still in high school so I was still in high school and then so I had to either get like a train or somebody would have to drive me because I didn't have my license at the time so I'd have to like go and then um go get someone would come down and get me I would drive to Jersey and wrestle and then come back and then they'd have to go go back so I would like 
and I didn't have money either because it was like the one time I was in high school you know so I would like beg all my all my schoolmates like hey would you like to um donate to my wrestling fund and then like people would give me money and that would be my gas money for the for the week to go <laughs> train and stuff and like any lunch money I had was like towards that and then like that's doing that um until like their school closed and then I school hopped and then I found a school with a um Trinacid and Johnny Cashmere I was training with them for a while and then I ended up training with like Amatoy and Reckless Youth and then I just kept school hopping until, you know, I found they found me, and then now I'm a trainer. Wow! And <laughs> so that, that that's wow. You had to spend three hours of your day just traveling to and fro after a hard yeah. day after being 16. Oh, wow! Did you? How many, people, how many days? Sorry, how many days a week were you training that you were doing that? Um, like. As much as I could, like, if I could go, like, four days a week, I would go. But um, sometimes it'd be, like, one or two days a week. Right. Um, but if I could go – but I'm, like, it would suck because if I missed a day or so, like, everyone was getting ahead of me. And I was, like, yeah. no. So it, it made me want to go. But I also have vertigo. So I get really car sick, and I get very sick in the ring during training. So it's a lot of puking these days. A lot of fun, <laughs> I tell you. Yikes. And along the way, did you have people telling you, like, oh, you're a woman. You're not going to get very far in this wrestling thing. Um, No. I feel like they pushed me a lot farther because this is, like, 2001 I started. So they're like, there's not many girls. And my phone's – hello? Why, yeah, we, we, Why we, is calling? Oh. Hello? Yeah, we can, we can still hear you. Not oh, see you very well. Oh, my – no. Um, <laughs> but, like – yeah, everyone's kind of pushing me. They're like, oh, there's only so many girls, so you will be on everything. I got pushed. I got put on shows, like, within three months of my training, maybe. Like, very fast. I got pushed very fast out. And, um, but I mean, like, I've, I've also got, like, oh, you're not going to make it to WWE if you don't get a boob job. And I'm like, but I'm, like, 17. I'm like, I'm not even in my body yet. Like, but... Good thing I didn't listen to them because I'm a natural double D now. So, now I want to go back for a second when we brought up about um, the rock and wrestling thing. Now, obviously, you guys were fans of WWF at the time and you've seen this sort of thing. And I'm just going to preface by saying at the time, you know, this happened, I was, I think I was 13. And, um, women's wrestling hadn't really, I hadn't seen very much of it, it, it wasn't common on wrestling. You know, uh, and when I did see it, um, it wasn't presented in the best light. And I'll got to say, at that point, I didn't really think much of women's wrestling either. And then when this thing happened with Wendy Richter and it became super all of a sudden really trendy, cool, you know, wrestling and women's wrestling. And it seemed like at that moment it was going to explode into something big. You know, I mean, you had this woman who was in the main, almost near the main event. She's hanging out with Hulk Hogan, doing all these things. And and I'll ask Raven first because you you were probably saw some of this live. Uh, was it disheartening when nothing happened? I mean, it kind of just fade it faded out just as quickly as they put her to the top. They kind of just faded her out. Did, it did was disheartening. It was disheartening. Mm -hmm. It was. Uh, I guess as a I was still a young impressionable female at that time too, right? So you were mm -hmm. expecting to see the women to just become this almost to what it is today, you know, where there's like huge women's divisions in every promotion. So it was disheartening, but I mean, I was also young enough too, that I was just, you know, excited to see the women when they were on TV. Mm. 
Okay. Well, you know what? I have seen all, all three of you wrestle uh, multiple times and uh, you're all wrestlers. You wrestle, you do moves, you do holds, you, you're wrestlers. Now I want to shoot back to uh, when they had the attitude error. All of a sudden there were a whole bunch of models wearing wrestling clothes, wrestling in bras and panties, wrestling in outrageous mud, putting whatever kind of things. Uh, did that detract you at all? Did that, that kind of pers- dissuade you from that dream of wanting to be a wrestler? Because that is actually not really wrestling. I've never really considered that wrestling. And, and for me, it was something that I found even more annoying than anything else. Uh, Dania, what, do you remember seeing something? Did, was that kind of the stuff? Did, did that still make you think, well, I do want to be a wrestler. Do I really want to be a part of that? Or is it just part and parcel of the game you have to play? At the time, it was part and parcel of the okay. game that people had to play especially women if you wanted to be in that but I wanted to maybe be part of that I don't I think it's great like if you're Mm -hmm. if you want to be sexy if you want to show off your femininity but Mm -hmm. have that athleticism behind it have the character behind it Mm -hmm. that you can always fall back on so a combination of both is great but bringing in models just because they're models into Mm -hmm. a wrestling industry unless they're going to manage it's, you know, don't take away from what women can do in the ring mm-hmm. athletically, because there's a combination of both. You can be beautiful, you can be sexy, you can be mm-hmm. strong, you can be tough, uh, but have the skill and then put it together and then, you know, have people look at you and go, wow, you like, she's good looking, but man, like, look, she can move, she can wrestle, she can take the guys down, so... Mm-hmm definitely a combination of both it didn't detract me it just was something that i didn't want to be solely known for just my body Mm, and it's good to know what i mean even during that period for all the uh models type there was a there was a couple actual real women wrestlers in there that that managed to get through it but they had to navigate and wade through a lot of garbage to get there gabby what did you think when you saw the attitude era stuff come out the women in the bras and panties and etc it was it was kind of annoying because I I seen what girls can do before that. So it's like then they kind of went into this weird thing and it's like well like I I like the that they had gimmick matches, but I don't like that it was only that. Do you know what I mean? It was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. you can only do this." And I feel like it was push girls down and not not necessarily like saying it was on purpose, "Oh, you're a girl, you don't know how to do anything," but it was like you know what I mean? Oh, you're hot. You're going to make us money. Let's throw you on TV, which like I said before, like I got pushed into the shows real quick when I started, but I feel like that's just because there wasn't that many girls at the time that wanted to do stuff. And so, Hey, someone's willing to get in there. And like you said, there's real wrestlers in there with the models mm-hmm. because somebody had to, you know, be the general of the match. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise it was chaos. But <laughs> like, uh, I mean, then it also got me to the point where I'm like, it kind of motivated me because I'm like, well, I want to be that girl that shows them that they can do more. I want to be that girl that's the first this, the first that. And then, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So kind of motivated you more. But at the same time, it was kind of like degrading because it's like, that's all we can do. But I mean, if that's all you're going to teach us, that's all we're going to be able to do. I got trained like a guy. I'm like, there's no women's wrestling and there's no guys wrestling. It's wrestling. Mm. That's how I was told anyway. Excellent. That, that's actually some questions I have coming up. All right, Raven, uh, you've gone through the Wendy Richter <laughs> thing. She almost didn't. She almost looked like she was going to open a golden age of women's wrestling. Didn't happen. 
then years go by and the next thing you know there's a the matches we're talking about girls beating barking like dogs and all sorts of crazy things how did that make you as a women's wrestler and now you've been competing during this time how did that make you kind of feel about women's wrestling at that moment uh well it pissed me off okay <laughs> uh plain and simple it just it just it pissed me off because women work so hard to be known as athletes you know that we could do everything that the guys can do and then you're gonna throw a woman in there with pretty much nothing on and they're just you know screaming slapping each other it was bullshit they weren't working mm-hmm. uh, it, it just it it pissed me off but it motivated me to make me get to the top of my game so that people could actually see what a real women's wrestler, you know, can do. Okay. Okay. No, Sorry about awesome. the noise in the background. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Um, now, Gabby brought up something interesting, and it's something that is always played in my mind. And because, you know, I'm not a girl, I, I can't really answer to this. And I've always wanted to ask women wrestlers their honest feelings about this. And first of all, I wanted to ask about intergender wrestling. It's a, a thing that goes up and down uh, across the U.S. right now. Uh, it's not very big. You don't see it in the WWE. You kind of sometimes tiny bit in AEW, but mostly you don't see it in the really big things. First of all, Gabby, what's your feeling on intergender wrestling? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I kind of go back and forth with it. Um, I feel like you don't see it on WWE as much and in AEW because actual certain states still don't allow that. Um, they're not like they won't allow women and men to hit each other in the ring. It's like it seems like a domestic abuse abuse thing. Um, and like people like and another thing about the women's wrestling why we didn't see a lot like they like women's wrestling in general wasn't legal in a lot of states. Like New York was the last state that women's wrestling was legalized in. So like every time I wrestle in it, it always has a little salt in my heart. Like the very last state that women's wrestling was actually legal so it kind of goes back and forth um about that because it's like you don't want to then we're to be just as uh back and forth to me i feel like if you still can put on a good story with like it makes sense like you gotta make it make sense I don't know. I'm like, but if some big dude is going to punch me in the face, <laughs> I'm going to sell it. Just like a big girl is going to punch me in the face, I'm going to sell it. I'm going like, to not know to sell it and be like, whatever, I'm tough. <laughs> and, and you, of course, have done many intergender matches, right? Sorry, yeah, but you've done many intergender matches in your career? Um, I've done a lot. I've done a mm-hmm. lot of like the cruiserweight stuff too, because before yeah. there wasn't a lot of girls. So they, it was either I had to find a girl to wrestle or I had to wrestle the guys. And I was like, let's just wrestle Jews. I don't care. But I still try to make it make sense. Um, okay. And then that's why I was more of a cruiserweight guy, the smaller guys, not like a big dude. Um, but, you know, I, I just, I still wrestled them. I didn't mind wrestling them. Some of them had a problem wrestling me, um, but most of them didn't. Most of them were like, I want to wrestle you. This is going to be so much fun. Da, da, da. So I always loved it. Um, I actually had a gimmick for a minute where I, I was under a mask and trying to be a guy because I couldn't get booked on shows as a girl because they wouldn't have, they're like, well, we can't have you wrestle a guy. You have to wrestle another girl. So either I'd do a ref or I'd 
try to go under a mask if they let me and like just I just wanted to wrestle so okay okay Dania how do you feel about intergender wrestling I think it has to make sense I've been in a lot of intergender matches but it's mainly been close to guys who are close to like my size my height but -hmm. if you put someone who's 250 pounds in front of me in a real life situation, I'm probably going to die. Right. So you don't want to do that in wrestling, but if it's someone who's your same size, same weight, it kind of makes sense that it's more of an even match. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I think that's fair or, you know, bigger girls against Mm -hmm. the guys absolutely go for it. Like it's a fair game. It's You have to make it look, it's a fight. You're trying to win a fight. And if uh, you're 110 pounds soaking wet and your opponents double your size and your weight, it's not going to make sense for, you know, the 110 pound girl to like dominate this guy and come out. It's got to be like a quick win from behind or someone helping her out or just, you know, just make it fair, Um, make it look like it's a real life situation and it's a fight either for your life or it's something even where you can actually go back and forth, but work with like whoever your opponent is, work with them and make the match make sense. Okay. Uh, Raven. I think, I just want to say real quick, I think that's a really important thing that gets lost. I mean, uh, on a lot of our shows, we talk about the suspension of disbelief mm-hmm. and, you know, that fine line. It's like where we, you know, push the boundaries of, okay, we'll let this slide. But then it's like, okay, well, we can only let that go to a certain point. Because at that point, like even people who are trying everything, it's like, it's like watching a movie. And then it's like, you get these like amazing action sequences and then it just gets so over the top. You're like, no, no, I'm done. And that's kind of how, that's kind of how I feel about it. So I like to hear Daniel say that because that's mm-hmm. with any, like, to, with any wrestling match, whether it's, it's two guys, two girls, intergender, at the end of the day, it's like she says, it's a real fight or it's, mm-hmm. it's, we're portraying it as a real fight. And it, it right. needs that, that sense of yeah. realism needs to be there. So yeah. I think that's really be believable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like you said, if, if you've got you know, a 110 pound woman going up against a 250 right. pound guy, you know, like, yeah. Like, and, and I love the way you said it. Cause it was perfect. I mean, it's like, unless it's a quick win, unless there's like lots of interference and the same can be said, the same can be said for, for two guys. I mean, like, you know, if you're telling a story with a, a cruiserweight, that's 130 pounds versus a guy that's 260, you know, there's usually a classic formula to those type of matches where the smaller guy's working the big guy and the big guy's going to dominate. And the other guy, the smaller guy, you know, has to either be quick moving, has to catch them off guard or do something. So really it's, it's not that it shouldn't be that different. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Like um, whenever I would wrestle the guys, it would be, It'd be more of like I'd I'd be the heel because then the that baby face guy doesn't want to punch a girl, but I don't care. I want to win this match. I'll low blow you. I gotta do what I gotta do. You know what I mean? But it like it makes more nice. sense. It's believable. Yeah. And like oh yeah, I'm tough girl, and then I cheat. You know what I mean? It's like how tough am I if I'm cheating? So you just got to figure out your way to make it believable. I love how uh, Jimmy Rave always says it like, Hey, everyone might forget like, you know, wrestling's fake or whatever, but when they leave tonight, they're going to question and think like, yo, I think that match was real. Like, I think that mm-hmm. was something. So. Okay. Well, it's funny. You know what? Um, Andy uh, and before me and Andy got on, we actually talked about, uh, we were talking about things we wanted to talk about today. 
Um, I brought up something that I found uh, interesting. And I want to preference this by saying uh, I am not by no means putting down women's wrestling because anyone knows me, I've spent probably the last 10 years promoting women's wrestling as just on the same level as men's wrestling. Um, what I want to ask you guys about is the scenario that involved Tessa Blanchard. Uh, here's a girl who weighs 130 pounds, 135 pounds, uh, gets into this feud and eventually cleanly defeats Sammy Callahan, who's, what is he, 250 or something like that, and give her the women's or the men's mm-hmm. heavyweight championship belt. Um, in my mind, it, it set up so many weird scenarios. Uh, on one hand, what a great thing for a woman to uh, conquer up above the men and become the world champion. But then they never let her defend. She never defended mm-hmm. the title once before getting stripped. So that took away some of the storyline there. But what we did even do with that storyline, how does we, we, we try and like, as we talk in wrestling, the, the suspension of disbelief. So she maybe wins the belt, but then is she going to be able to defend it against other large wrestling men? Um, Daniel, what did you think of that situation? You have this woman who's, who has won, uh, even if with the storyline, she won against a man twice her size, a clean win. And then did that, was it a big deal in your mind? And how should it have played out? Do you think if, if we hadn't had this COVID thing, if they hadn't stripped her of the belt, what should they have done? Well, going back to this particular situation or this particular storyline, it made sense for her to win. She was right up there with all the guys. She took Mm -hmm. it. She gave it. She could wrestle just as hard as they could. And there are other women within Impact as well, like Jordan Mm -hmm. Grace. She's wrestling all the guys. And it, it works. It makes sense. It looks good on her because she's keeping up to their level. So... Um, I think that was a huge step for women's wrestling in terms of how it made sense. She got beat down the whole time. She fought back. She kept coming back. She Mm -hmm. had this like rage inside her. The character behind it was just like this woman who was just going to take whatever it was. So it made sense within the storyline. Unfortunately, like having the title stripped right away didn't give her a chance to build anything up. But I think again, if you take someone like Moose and put against put it against her, it wouldn't make sense. She was kind of within a group of guys, similar height, high flyers, hard hitters. So within that combination of uh, how they put the storyline together, it did make sense. I'm just not sure where it would have gone after that. All right. Raven, what do you think um, of that whole scenario? I honestly don't know a whole lot about that scenario. That was kind of like in a time when I wasn't really watching wrestling a lot anymore. Mm -hmm. So I don't really have too much to say about it. I don't really know the whole angle. I didn't see the matches. So I'm not quite sure what to say on that one. Okay. Gabby, you want to weigh in on that? Uh, I'd have to watch the match again because it's like kind of out of my mind. But like, Mm -hmm. I thought it was awesome that like she could win because then it gives hope. To, to other girls like like look at how china had the ic belt like mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it's like that chance that like oh we can change things and i'm like and i agree like it all depends on like how they win the match too and like how they wrestled in it and like you know she can go tough you know tough um tough it out with the guys and like that's like a strong style or whatever but like it's mm-hmm. it's that fighting spirit you know what i mean which 
wrestlers have than like, oh my God, let's all get behind her. She won that. How long she could have kept it? I don't know. Storyline wise, realistic wise, I don't know where they're going to go with that. But um, like, I feel like, again, they said like against Moose, but I'm like, but then again, look at Nia Jax. Like she's a big girl. What would someone as small as Tessa, you know what I mean? Look like to her, even though, but like Tessa's, you know, built but she's still a tiny girl, like, mm-hmm. my size. <laughs> but, uh, but I don't, like, I think if they just had a good story with it, like, I mm-hmm. I think it could have went somewhere good. I mean, it really just how they play it up. Okay. Um, now, the next one is, this one's a little bit harder. And like I said, this is just point of view. We're not going to go into the, to the logistics too much of this. I just want to know kind of the feeling of this. And if we're uncomfortable as answering this one, it's okay. It might be a hot topic somewhere. Um, and I'm going to preference this is uh, last year, lots of stuff were coming out in high schools and in different places where athletes uh, were complaining, female athletes complaining that transgender people were now competing in the same sports as them. And of course, dominating because they were slightly bigger, uh, especially in running events, uh, lots of trans- transgender men, or I guess transgender people were coming into the women's divisions and winning all the things and women athletes were feeling that it wasn't fair that these guys had naturally more developing in their body. And yes, they were transitioning, but they still had more of the makeup of a man and giving them a bit of a physical extra strength. We cut over to AEW where they had Nyla Rose who won their first, uh, she, she won the belt there. I guess she was the second champion. Um, is it fair as a woman wrestler to, to compete in, to have to compete against a champion who is a transgender person who has more of a male characteristic, even if they're still trying to switch over, is that something you find unfair as a woman who's trained all her life, being told you're a woman, you know, you're, you're not going to go far or whatever, and then you come up to that? Is that a hard thing to deal with? And I'll, I'll start with Raven. Raven, if 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 that was a situation you had come up with uh, during your time, how would you have felt about that? I don't know. That's a, I don't know. I don't really know what to say on that whole subject. I mean, I've, mm-hmm. I, I really don't know. Okay. I don't know uh, how I would feel. But I guess it would kind of be the same, you know, when you're doing an, an intergender match, mm-hmm. you know, you're still working against that power and the strength. So I guess if, if you work it on that angle, but I don't know, it's a touchy subject for me. Okay. Fair enough. Not sure. Gabby. Me? Oh, God. All right. So I'm going to sound like an asshole. So no, no, this is girls just are point. whiny bitches. All right. You know, girls are whiny bitches. <laughs> they want it all, but they don't want to fucking do it. They want it like, it's just like girls want to wrestle guys, but then a guy is becoming a girl. Then you're like, I don't want to wrestle you because you're better than me. Like, then, but you just said how you're better than all the guys. So it shouldn't really make a difference. Right. Okay. It's just like when like girls are trying to get on the on the regular like guy shows of wrestling and they're trying to get on and like oh I don't care I'll wrestle a guy but then a guy gets on an all girl show and like I can't believe we're gonna have a guy on here or we finally get an all girl show and then they complain about it like you guys can't have it all like make mm-hmm. up your mind pick one either you wrestle everybody or you, you keep to yourself like pick one you know what I mean like I feel like I have no problem wrestling transgender or whatever like good for them and i'm like and i know we're a 
fake sport or choreographed sport as much as everyone wants to say it but in real sports it's still the same thing you want to you still think like oh I'm gonna be the tough girl and I'm gonna win and I could beat any guy or girl I'm like well then it shouldn't matter if you're that good it shouldn't matter but I mean I don't know I mean like and then it's like yeah they have a disadvantage but so does other people like mm-hmm. I'm not as tall as Nyla Jax <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't got abs like someone else, but I mean, that's the disadvantages of other people. You have to, everyone has a disadvantage of everyone else. You got to work around it. That's on you. Okay. All right. Daniel? So I'm going to take this back to when I first started training. We were trained to wrestle whoever. So Mm -hmm. when we were in class, it was, if there is, you know, if you locked up and you were doing a drill, you went through everyone in the class, guy, girl, doesn't matter. Um, and you were trained to, when you get out there, you're going to have to wrestle different shapes, different sizes, men, women. So I just took that with me wherever I went. So it would never be an issue. As long as the story made sense, um, it wouldn't be an issue for me at all. Okay. Perfect. It never was. I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. I've always just been curious. Like I said, it's, we are a work sport, but uh, I was just, you know, you hear all this in the other thing. And obviously I can't have that opinion that you guys would have. I, I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not a woman, but uh, I have always w- wondered about that because that's been something that has come up a lot in, uh, in current sports. So um, my next question is this, is I have noticed that as popular as women wrestling is getting, you can still go to any uh, wrestling card and it's 80% men and a very small amount of women. How tough is that getting matches across places being uh, obviously way few uh, women's wrestlers? I mean, in some ways you're an attraction, but then are you always treated as an attraction? Are, are you, you know, like I don't, I, I've known every wrestling card that I've ever went in that somebody said, Oh, we have women wrestling tonight. That's something they tell you right away. But then when I talk to women wrestlers, they tell me they don't really make that much more or get that much more extra stuff than men do. So how tough is that having to compete in such a smaller field or to find matches? And mm-hmm. like, I guess, I guess Gabby was saying you tend to just wrestle anybody that you can, but uh, obviously as a woman, are you pushed into it quicker? Are you focused on quicker? I'm just curious about that. So let's go to the, the beginning of your, your first few matches or your, your beginning of your careers. And you're being pushed into rings and, and you're getting your competition. How different is that, do you suppose, than it is for a male wrestler? And we'll start with uh, Gabby. Start with me. Oh, gosh. I think it's a little different now than it was when I started. When I started, it was like, we have a girl. You're on the show. Like, get on where you're doing something. We need a girl on the show. There's too many dudes. Um, like, I've wrestled tons of guys' girlfriends that, hey, we just taught her how to bump. Uh, like, when? Like, this morning. So you're going to wrestle her tonight. I'm like, what? And I'd have to wrestle people that don't know what wrestling is. Like, so where do we do this? Like, the one girl was pinning me. I had to pull her on back on top of me to, to finish the pin because she didn't know what a pin was. Like, some crazy stuff. It's like, they when they throw you in, they throw you in because they need a girl, especially back in the day. It was crazy because there was literally a handful of girls. And now there's more and more girls, so it's not as, as um, hard to find someone else to wrestle. But... I feel like girls at the same time kind of know their value a little bit more now. Like, oh, because you because there's not that many girls that you're going to pay me a little more than you should. 
So instead of like these guys that are, you know what I mean? Let's do the rounds and just get booked and get good. And you know what I mean? Let's do it for, you know, a handshake and a hot dog where these girls are like, I want tons of money. And like, you've been wrestling for like three months. What do you mean you want tons of money? But they're getting it because people will pay because they need girls. And especially if you look great. And even if you have to, you're, you know, you're talented very early, you're, you're going to blow up real fast. Yeah, but they that's but they learned to anyway. they learned to bump that I afternoon. <laughs> oh, well, that's that's a rude. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. There's the girls that learn how to bump that afternoon, and these girls that are like you know the rest of us here that mm. were actually trained, and like, hey, we're gonna throw you on, and and you're gonna get money. Like, okay, like sounds good to me. Can I, can I play a bit of a devil's advocate to that before uh, mm-hmm. Raven? And, and, yes, uh, go ahead. Speak. Is that a good thing though? Where when you're trying to put women on just for the sake of putting women on. So, I mean, in this, in this instance with Gabby, it's like, okay, well, you've got someone that's trained that, that knows what they're doing, your experience. But I mean, to me, it sounds like if you know, and the same thing can be said for guys. It's like, if you put on people that are untrained, poorly trained, uh, extremely green, I, that to me almost sounds like more like a detriment to the, to the product. So it can be a detriment yeah. to the show and it could be as, as much as it's good to get, you know, I mean, just for the sake of women, cause we're talking women's wrestling. Okay. We're getting the girls on, but if you're putting poorly trained, untrained women on, wouldn't that be more of a detriment? Because it's like, people are going to see that and go like, Oh, well, this is women's wrestling. Why? I don't like, what is this? Yes. I, I totally agree with you. And most of those places that did that don't exist anymore. And the ones that would wait for good, talented people are the ones that are, you know, doing better off right now. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, they're still running. So, All right. da- Daniel, sometimes you just started- get it. And I feel like that sucks for the wrestler, too. It's good and bad for that wrestler yeah. because, like, I learned a lot trying to carry someone who doesn't know what they're doing. Does that make sense? And like, yeah, oh, absolutely. But at the same time, it's hard for me to level up if I'm not wrestling people on my level yeah. or better. Yep. So yeah, well, I but like you said, if you have to hold somebody on top of you or pull them on top of you because they don't know what a pin is, like that's that's not you know. I mean, good on <laughs> you for trying to work with. I do comedy so much. I <laughs> good, good for you working with the proverbial so broomstick. Like, We're doing comedy tonight. <laughs> yeah, but I just, it just, it's me, like, like I said, and, and I don't, and I'm not, I'm not limiting that just to women, but I mean, I just, you know, as the topic of our show, to me, that's, guys too. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So when sold tickets, you know what yeah, I mean? They, the they learned how to wrestle in their backyard and they sold some tickets and they're on the show. Yeah. We've talked about this many times yeah, about we've selling tickets about- <laughs> <and> get- <laughs> shows. <laughs> All right. Daniel, the beginning of your career, was there a lot of women wrestlers to start with or did you have sort of that similar thing to go before you started really getting competition to, to push you further well i was really lucky because at my school we had about five or six different girls Holy who were smokes. all trained really well and uh, i was pretty much in ontario in the northern u.s for the first part of my career so there mm-hmm. are always women to work and then you'd work one and then you'd bring a friend with you to come watch the show and you'd talk to promoters and it became this group of about 10 to 12 of us who would kind of rotate in and wrestle each other. And there was that off time where you went somewhere and it was like the promoter's girlfriend and she didn't know how to bump. And 
here's this is what I'm going to tell to any woman out there. If you feel your safety is at risk, if you feel this is going to destroy the business, if you feel that, you know, someone's going to come out hurt, this isn't right, someone's trying to get you to do something that you don't want to do, that's going to put you at risk. You can say no, please say (laughs) no. Like I started wrestling when I was 27. So I wasn't 16, 17. And at the point when people were like, oh yeah. And then they're going to pull your pants down and spank you. I was like, yeah, no, that's not happening. (laughs) You can say no. At the end of the day, the people who need to see you, who are going to take you seriously, who are going to put you up against someone who is going to keep you safe. Those are the promotions that you want to go to. If you go somewhere and someone's trying to get you to do something that you don't want to do and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to give you a pile driver to finish. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to die if that happens. Or if there's a promoter who's making you feel uncomfortable or trying to get you to do something Mm -hmm. off to the side that... ladies say no it's not worth a crappy indie booking so for me I was fortunate enough that I had a good group of girls and that I started later on in life where I was more set in myself to be like yeah "Yeah, that's messed up I'm not doing that like Mm -hmm. and if I got a reputation that that promotion for being like the girl who wouldn't do something then so be it it's indie wrestling your health your safety your sanity like your self-worth is worth way more than any of that you're not going to get that hot dog and handshake if you keep <laughs> on the flip side of that, on the flip side of what you're saying is, and I've seen this too, is uh, for men, so many young guys I've seen told to do so many ridiculous, dangerous things with the expectation. If they don't do it, they're not going to work anywhere else near them. Mm-hmm. And that is a sad thing I've seen. Uh, but, you know, at the flip side, it's hard to tell that to an up-and-coming women's wrestler because there's not a lot of women's wrestlers. So you burn your bridges with her while the competitor down the road is going to be making money with her. But you do make a great point is uh, nobody really has to do anything that you mm-hmm. feel uncomfortable with. I mean, that should be a kind of given in life. And as we're seeing in the last little while, as there have been all these like speaking out things and all this, you know, there isn't a place for that. There isn't a place for somebody, whether you're a man or a woman, to exactly. be forced to uh, do something ridiculous, harmful, scary, whatever. And, uh, you know, shame on the guys who try and do that. And hopefully we can root that kind of garbage out. Guys but, and uh, gals. Yeah. Uh, Raven, same question for you, my friend. Um, I was pretty lucky when I started Um Velvet was still working in this territory a little bit. So I got to work matches with Velvet. Iron Maiden was here. Stacey Jackson was still around. Um, awesome Annie was here. Um, so there was like a few girls. I mean, we kind of tried to switch it back and forth. You know, a lot of tag teams. Um, like between, I think for about a, it was about a good year. It was just a tag team. Like there was not single matches. It was just mm-hmm. like this whole storyline that we built up back then. There were storylines that could last a year. Um, <laughs> so, but it would be uh, me and Maiden versus Velvet and Awesome Annie, right? But um, I totally forgot what the rest of the question was. What well, was the rest of the question? I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, we've just been talking so many things. But uh, how hard was it in the beginning? Like... Uh, to break in did, did was there like a lot of women to deal with and was there was it you know being forced into like uh matches you didn't want or anything well like that? okay so when i broke in i mean that was 
that was early 1993. Things were a hell of a lot different Mm -hmm. in the 90s for a woman wrestler than it was than it is now. Now women break in, they're trained everywhere. You know, there's respect to women's wrestling today. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you were in a higher league, you were a higher up girl, you probably got a little bit more respect. Um, But I was really lucky um, with Velvet's teachings, you know, like she taught me that there's a fine line between being a bitch and being a woman who's standing up for yourself. And she told me never to, uh, you know, to let these guys push you around. And, you know, if you're not comfortable doing something, don't do it. Um, and it was, it was harder to get booked out of town back then if you weren't, you know, cause I didn't want to go anywhere and just, um, you know, be working a whole bunch of green girls and stuff, you know, I've made my mistakes having, you know, working with some of the green girls and not being able to control it, not being a proper general in there. You can't always be the number one general in a ring, no matter how many years you've been doing it. There's still, there's always going to be a possibility that you're going to get hurt working a green person. Mm -hmm. Um, They had me do some stupid matches. I always 110% refused to do anything that had to do with bra, panty, any of that kind of stuff, because that's a disgrace to women, in my opinion, my own opinion. Mm -hmm. But I did like stupid matches, you know, like dog food matches or hair matches, cage matches, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, I kind of, I tried to keep myself up on a higher level. I didn't want to be known for, oh, book this girl and you know, the end of the night you're good to go none of that Mm -hmm. shit that doesn't stand with me Mm -hmm. fair enough fair enough now uh let's lighten it up we've talked some heavy duty (laughs) stuff let's talk about some of the let's lighten it up a bit um i'm gonna go around and ask some ask you some of your favorite women wrestlers of the past that inspired you the ones that made you go this is what i like about women's wrestling this is the kind of women's match i want to watch this is the kind of person that I would like to emulate even in somewhat in my mind. And uh, we'll start off with Gabby. Oh gosh, me. I'm not going to think of people. Yeah. Oh my God. Just anyone before me really. It was like amazing. I love the jumping Bob angels, glamour girls. I actually got a, like Leilani's approval to be a glamour girl, you know, uh, Gabby Gilbert. So that was a big honor for that. And then, um, you know, Alondra Blaze, like Velvet McIntyre, like oh, there's so many girls like that were before mm-hmm. me that are amazing. And then uh, like, and don't forget like Lita and Molly Holly is amazing. Ivory, Jacqueline, like just all these girls that were ahead of me and like, and still just even in my time of like, you know, like, Taylor Wilde, Gail Kim, Awesome Kong, like just, mm-hmm. just name everybody. Like what's the name everybody? <laughs> 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 How about you, Raven? Your your inspirational wrestlers and the ones you enjoyed um, watching. Joyce Grable, Judy Martin, Debbie Coombs, uh, Velvet McIntyre, Sherry Martell, Rockin' Robin. That whole era for me. I mean, I grew up watching, you know, mm-hmm. like really early 80s, you know, up until I got into it and stuff. So my idols are, you know, those women that were really ass kicking and in there doing what they had to do. Okay. Daniel? Uh, Character-wise, Sensational Sherry. Oh, man. Like, you can't beat that. She just knew how to put it on and, like, just great to watch. You just got to steal that energy. She was she made you hate her, and it would just came out so naturally. Mm-hmm. And then 
later on when I really started getting back into women's wrestling, obviously I'm from Toronto. So Trish Stratus, Mm -hmm. um, that's a girl who came up as a model, but worked her ass off and made it work. And she really wanted to learn. She got in the ring and she did it. And uh, Lita as well at that time. And when I saw Lita do a moonsault, I'm like, oh, my God. Okay, yes, uh, this is what I want to do. Um, <laughs> and that's, yeah. So definitely those All ladies. Right. Yeah. Now we're going we're gonna to jump into the, the pool of testosterone here. Andy, <laughs> women wrestlers who that you enjoyed and for what reason? All right, I'm glad you asked because I was going to interject myself uh, if you if you didn't ask, and and part but there's a, there's there's actually a bit of a method to my madness of, of what I was going to say anyways. Um, similar to Raven, so for me it was the Sherry Martels, the Medusa Michellis, uh, Debbie Combs, uh, Candy Divine was around. Um, Ooh, Candy Divine. Yeah, that's uh, so kind of along there. Uh, Miss Texas, uh, Jackie when she was like uh, in Memphis. Yes. So, and the one thing that um, was kind of mentioned there that, that Raven was saying, and that's kind of, well, for me now, again, I'll preface this. My views as just a, a humble guy, as a, like a wrestling fan, young wrestling fan growing up, like, and to me, you know, I, I try to respect everybody. You know, that's, that's how it should be. But, oh no, no. I'm just saying that's how it should be. It's just that like, for me, like it was like, Women's wrestling, uh, you know, I mean, to me, it was, I, I, mean, I get, it was an attract, like you said, it was an attraction, mm-hmm. because, but it was an attraction that it wasn't mm-hmm. that common, not that it was like, oh, it's the ladies, it's just mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot. So, you know, to see uh, Debbie and Sherry go at it, or or Debbie and Candy, or uh, whoever, but the thing was, was that then, at least from from what I can recall, and, and granted, you know. Pro wrestling, as we often talk about, the evolution of how how wrestling has changed the, the story, the storytelling, the moves, and everything. But the women then, like those women, were badasses, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know, you can still have like you know, if and, and I'm using Candy Divine as like okay, like you know, like one of the more like attractive attractive girls or whatever. But she was still, you know, she could still kick ass. And to me, and this is kind of what I want to throw out to to the ladies in this it really seems like they went like the women's wrestling went from uh the, the, a special attraction but then like i said it was the women and they were i use the analogy uh often in a show with with you know when we talk about uh, talent and characters is like guys you wouldn't want to meet in a back alley that's how you mm-hmm. took you know you took them seriously mm-hmm. from like the bruiser to mad dog Vashon up to like the big show to anybody it's like okay like this is somebody you don't want to pick a fight with and with like the women that i mentioned earlier Again, I just that's I'm using my turn like badass women, and it's like you know if if you're and I'm not I'm not the you're ever try, not the guy's gonna try and pick a fight with a woman, but you you not some not some not a woman you want to trifle with if we could if we can okay. go that way. Okay. So, but it seems to me from that, I mean it, it's almost like the the kind of attitude era bra and panties uh, kind of really heightened the sexual thing. It was like three or four, it was probably more than three or four steps back, but you get the idea. It was like several steps back mm-hmm. to kind of spring forward to where you had like Trish and Lita as kind of like two of the modern day, I don't know, like the ones that kind of like kind of started bringing it back to something more seriously. So my question is, how do I want to, 
Well, Ed, do you think it's okay here? So when we talked about wrestle, like no, no, but I just because to me it's it's a very interesting thing, and I'm speaking as a as a guy that you know. But like first and foremost as a wrestling fan, where I'm not to me it didn't really matter guys or girls, but just looking at how history evolution. Do you think had uh, things with like the first WrestleMania with the Rock and Wrestling connection with Wendy Richter, if that had gotten more ground i mean whatever happened happened but do you think that if that had taken off that there wouldn't have been those steps back like they wouldn't have been the drop about you know the re- would it have worked then is what you're asking yeah if they pushed it, it at that time would women do you think it's still kind of like what it went and then kind of arced upwards instead of going like women's wrestling oh crap and then it's like okay here we've kind of <laughs> risen from the ashes does that make sense yeah yeah <laughs> Raven never takes me seriously anyway. So <laughs> Look, it's, it's just, I, I'm sorry, Andy, but I have never seen you fumble before. You're trying to be like so political and not offend. <laughs> right? And so politically that. correct. Yeah, let's just, just say go your see. damn question. We'll say Canadian. We'll say Canadian. Yes, I'm being very extremely Canadian. <laughs> So, so what, uh, you're trying to what was the question? <laughs> okay, okay. So here we go. So after after all of that, after the big long lead up, <laughs> my thing is is okay. Had had WrestleMania had led the Rock and Wrestling connection taken a different turn for women's wrestling. So instead, I mean, you know, there's the potential there with Wendy Richter to kind of bring women's wrestling. Uh, I don't want to say to the same level as Hulk, but but definitely a lot higher and a lot better than where it went do you think women's wrestling would have kept going and progressing that way versus uh you know having the badass girls and then it's like things just kind of dropped and then we had to like really like start from scratch and build up Hmm. it's kind of a bit of a what if scenario i guess i think it would have it would have made first difference Honestly, yeah. I think it would have made a huge difference because it would have kept it going in that nice direction instead of the Fed thinking that they have to go back to tit and ass to make women popular again. Okay. All right, anyone else want to weigh in? Well, I Me, think, yeah, I... Oh, go ahead. Danya, go ahead first. I think wrestling is very cyclical. Mm-hmm. So it, it happens regardless, whether it's male or female. You're going to mm-hmm. have really good storylines. Things are picking up. Everyone is watching, and then it takes like a crap dive, and ev- like storylines are terrible, characters are not getting ahead. That's mm-hmm. male or female. Um, I think even if at that time they would have taken what they had and rolled with it, there would have come a point again where it would have taken a nose bomb, like a nose dive down in okay. terms of going back to looking at, well, this isn't working, what's going to make money? Well, tits and ass, okay, let's go here. Or this ridiculous storyline where the guys are not wrestling, but they're doing some comedy routine and they've taken away the athleticism and then they go through that cycle and realize that's not working and they bring back the women's evolution and that takes off and then you get to where we are today where you know, women's wrestling is like a lot of fun to watch they're on the same level as the guys. And I think eventually 
everything's going to take a nosedive again. So it's just a cyclical cycle of wrestling. You have to do what makes money. The writers Mm -hmm. get in there. They either take it to that level where everything's working really well and gelling and women are getting ahead and everyone's on a playing field or they have to go in a different direction. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll see the waves of this business continue. All right. Regardless. You want to weigh in on this one, Gabby? So I think if they actually like tried harder not the girls, but like the storylines, the writers, the bookers tried harder with the girls. I think it could have went off. I feel like it started to. They had a women's tag team division back then. Like they yeah. had tag belts. They had a women's belt. They had, you know, somewhat of a storyline. It just wasn't, they didn't, like, again, it was still somewhat treated as an attraction. And, and I feel like that there wasn't that many girls back then. But at the same time, look at Glow. They got girls and made them into good wrestlers. You know what I mean? They, they, if they wanted to, like they do now, like, oh, we're just going to, you know, get a bunch of people and train them. I feel like that probably could have. And if it wasn't so hard to break into wrestling, maybe they would have found more girls that were willing to do it and, and train them better and have better storylines. And I feel like it would have blown off. I just feel like they didn't, they, they are like, oh yeah, let's do that. And then, uh, cause then like, you know what I mean? Like it, Sherry Martel, Martel was the women's champion. Like, how many people even know that she even wrestled? Like, you didn't see her wrestle that much because she was always a manager. And then, like, then even like even look at Bull Nakata and like uh, Alondra Blaze. Like, there was like, okay, there you. But you even hear Alondra Blaze talk about how she was like begging for matches, bring in the Japanese girls, bring in these yeah. people. But they're just like, oh yeah, we'll we'll spend more money on Hulk. And like, I don't know. I feel like it could have been awesome. If they tried harder. Okay. It could have worked. Now, um, if I had to tell you guys when I really thought about it hard long about women's wrestling for myself. Okay. Uh, As I grew up in uh, Western Canada, I'd watch wrestling with my grandmother. And uh, every week we'd watch Stampede Wrestling. There wasn't very many women wrestlers that ever showed up. Uh, Rhonda Singh, who did come in, uh, was uh, pretty unique. and, And she did a lot of cool things. And then we know when she went to the WWE, they turned her into something very not so great. And uh, I do know as watching this, I saw Wendy Richter. So by the time Wendy Richter came out, I didn't know what to think of women's wrestling. I didn't know anyone who watched it. I barely knew any of the women. It was not presented on the wrestling I watched. So to me, it was sort of alien. I didn't quite get it. Uh, Then, you know, I watched wrestling off and on. And uh, right around during the Attitude Era, for me, it was a bit polarizing. Sure, there was Tr- there was uh, Lita and Trish, and, and they were raising up better. But for me, I had such a struggle getting past all of the ridiculousness that they were tra- that the way I didn't think women should be. Wait, how old were like you that. at that time? Uh, let's see, probably about twenty. So no, actually more than that. Uh, what we were talking, I was almost thirty then, and uh, I just thought this isn't for me. Like this really, uh, I don't get it. I, I I don't really. It just became unimportant. It became the time to go to the bathroom. You know. Uh, I took a bit of a hiatus between 2002 and uh, 2008. Didn't watch very much wrestling, occasionally on, so I didn't really really know too much going on. And then I came across uh, women's wrestling in 2008 started to come. A lot of independent women were really making names for themselves across the independent circuit. Like they were becoming sure they weren't superstars in the major federations, but their names were big enough that you heard about this girl touring across the U.S. And I was like, Like Sarah Del Rey. Yes. 
Yeah, this was kind of this era. And then I came across, and I always credit this as my favorite women's wrestler. She didn't have a very long career. But one day I turned on this thing, and it was like, the t- you know those have on the YouTube the 10 moves of Danya, the 10 moves of Raven Lake, you know? So they had this 10 moves of this girl. Right. And uh, I had liked the music. Basically, I watched it because I liked the music when I first heard it. I was like, ah, I like this music. And I watched it. It's like, after that, like, two-minute video, I was like, holy crap, that is the best wrestler I've seen in forever. And I didn't even say women's wrestler. I said, that is the best wrestler I've ever seen forever. So I did my hardest to try and find matches with this person, which was extremely hard because she was, she was wrestling in England a lot. And, but they were trying to really promote her. They made her a champion of their, of their big thing. And it opened my eyes that women could wrestle, really, really be wrestlers. Because remember, I've been tainted by, oh, bras and panties and all that ridiculousness that I kind of just erased women's wrestling from my mind. And when I started to see this, I started to watch a lot of the independent women wrestlers and be like, these women really are great athletes. They really deserve to be recognized for their wrestling, not because they're pretty, not because they wear this or that. They deserve to be recognized because they're damn good athletes that they do stuff that now wrestling makes sense. You know, they're they're not pulling each other's hair and stepping on it, you know, or things like that. And I credit her as being the first person to show me that women's wrestling was very live and important and since then i've spent as much time as i can trying to promote people to what women's wrestling is not the junk but the real women's wrestling and uh her name you i don't even know if any of you guys would recognize her but uh she was a swedish girl her name was jenny sedin and uh she was for me the, the, my favorite all-time women's wrestler i mean i love don't forget i love alondra brace growing up i thought she was awesome but there wasn't really a lot of other women wrestlers that I saw. Now I could probably name you two dozen women wrestlers who I've followed over the years that I just think are great athletes. And like, yeah, you know? So for me, that was, that was the start of it. it. It it showed to me that it reminded me that women could be really good athletes. And then as I go back, surprise, surprise, history is full of women wrestlers that are really good wrestlers and the more i look at it and take mm-hmm. the time to give it the opportunity and i realize it all comes down to the presentation if i'm not told you're important by the writers or the promoters then i don't think you're important and that's a sad state of affairs because we have a whole history of women wrestlers who were not really presented uh, at first, they were presented as the glamour. Look at the girls. And then after a while, it was like, oh, yeah, there's the girls. Go to the bathroom sort of deal. So I really think it's, you know, I, I don't want to use brought this up. If, if, if it, the writers could actually take the time to treat women with the same kind of respect. I mean, we even see it sometimes recently. You know, sometimes some of the women's stories you see, you're kind of like, Really? That, that's what they're going with with this story. You know, uh, my biggest complaint in the WWE, if there's two girls who are feuding on a roster, they used to be best friends. Sure, they were in the whole other promotion and they never talked to each other once, but they're best friends and they turned on each other. I, I, I find stuff like that pretty funny and flimsy. But uh, <laughs> now I got to ask you guys, <laughs> as we get into like talking about um, – Women wrestlers, and this is a question I've always wanted to ask one person in particular, and I'll get to her last, is what is the most toughest, most demanding kind of match that you've ever had? And we'll start with you, Daniel. Can you think of a match that particularly was was just over the top crazy for you to have? I wouldn't say it's a specific match, but I would say it's more of a storyline where you're really, you're feuding with someone, um, 
and you've built up such a story with the audience and everyone's so invested and they really want to see that final like blow off match at the end and you really want to give them like that final big like it's come to a head this is it like you want to bring them into that world of like where you're either if you're an adult or a child you're like in the story you're sucked into it and taken into it so I don't think it was in terms the match in terms of like a single match Mm -hmm. I think it was more of like a year-long feud that I had with uh Allie so Allie and I came up in the business together and um, they would book us a lot and it would be just like a match here and we just tried all these moves and find a finish but there was no progression to the storyline and there was a promotion that gave us kind of like a, a feud for the belt she had it I stole it and it took like a year of feuding and matches to a big like build, blow off match at the end um, and I think it was more like, how are we going to tell this story to like give the people what they want at the end? So I think that's kind of, it was more of like an emotional tool to get the story out mm-hmm. and like end that feud on a high note and give everyone what they wanted and make mm-hmm. it what we wanted as well. Okay. Raven? The same kind of thing. Um, I guess it would have been 90... Five. I'm gonna go with 95. I think it was nine. It was 94, 95. They. Um, I was pretty much married to Austin Annie at that time, and no matter where we went or any shows, I was uh, working her pretty much every night. Um, but we built a really good storyline, and it went on for quite a while. That's where the dog match, the dog food match, the hair match, like it was all these different, you know, matches that led up to the cage match, and that one was probably. One of the toughest for me to do, um, I don't like, I'm not big on the whole blood part of it, but back then, I mean, there was, there was a lot of blood in cage matches back then. So mm-hmm. that one was, <laughs> that one was a good, good one for me. I'd say okay. that was probably my toughest one was doing the cage match. Right. Did you get color in that match or did you both get color? Uh, yes. Yes, yes, to which part? <laughs> we, both, we both got color in that match. Actually, that night there was a small incident and uh annie actually had her ankle broken in that match oh all right gabby i'm almost afraid to ask this one (laughs) yeah me well my toughest matches yeah i don't that's like really hard to say the toughest are probably the ones that don't know how to wrestle um -hmm. but have you had the what can i do like yeah uh, what can I do to, uh, as long as they know how to roll, I feel like I can, that's why I start whipping out Lucha's stuff. Like just roll, roll. I just grab, roll, roll, <laughs> just roll. We'll figure it out. Um, but I, are you referring to something specific? Is that what you're gonna hinting at? Yeah, kind um, of, kind of. I actually like one day as a couple of years ago, I, I had done a story mean, uh, thing on you. Yeah, that's exactly where I was headed. I found your name. I found you under a different name doing some pretty horrific yes. stuff with light tubes and barbed wire and whatnot. Yeah. So. Well, what when exactly I started, I wanted to be the yeah. hardcore girl. I wanted to be hardcore. I wanted, I loved McFoley. So I was like, I'm, and I, I still think that my dream is possible because I don't think anyone else did it yet, but I wanted to be the first girl to be buried in chairs. <laughs> like, like how yeah. they did, like, you know, the crowd throws all the chairs in yeah. one day that's going to happen. 
um, love to be the first girlfriend. I'm pretty sure no one else did that yet. But uh, yeah, like, so Queen of the Deathmatch was awesome. I, I, you know, I did hardcore stuff, like, you know, hardcore stuff before, mm-hmm. like, you know, this and that. And I did backyard wrestling. So it wasn't that big of a thing. So when I finally do it, did you guys watch that whole show? Do you guys I just, I, I saw your matches. I saw your matches. Of that whole. <laughs> okay. Well, so like everyone that was booked got like, got like, there was like three or four people that are originally booked ever on it. Everyone else was like, oh, somebody didn't show up. You're on the show now. So it was kind of like a very, end up being like a, a round robin one. Yeah. My first match was with me, Lefisto, and this girl, BB Walls. And she was still training at the time. And she said she would do it. And I don't think she ever trained yet. She was really bad, but really sweet. Um, I think we found out later that she was pregnant at the time. <laughs> um, so she, it was me, her, and me, her, and Lefisto were the first round. And that was good because it was like barbed wires all over the mat, like all over the ring. And then so like, but I was the only one that was playing up to the barbed wire. Like, I feel like people kept forgetting, like everyone's hitting the ropes. Like it's nothing. I'm like, there's barbed wire on the ropes. And I'm like, why are you selling that? And then I'm like, my skirt's getting stuck. And so I'm kind of like the comic relief in the whole thing, the whole heart show. (laughs) And um, (laughs) then I wrestled another girl. And this is kind of something which, uh, 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 what's her face uh, said earlier about saying no to things like if you guys are uncomfortable saying like doing something say no and I'm like no one's gonna have a problem I don't remember having a problem so you know Ian Ron's asking us like hey are you, you guys want to do uh uh the sable gun match and Lefisto was like no and he's like why he's like well she's like well one time I had I got a staple and I got an infection all up my arm. So he goes to me. He's like, do you want to do a staples match? And I was like, no. He's like, why? I'm like, because Lefisto got an infection all up her arm. I don't want to do it. And no. <laughs> oh. Looks like we lost her for a sec. At least she's smiling. <laughs> At least she's smiling. <laughs> we can, uh, Gabby, we've lost you totally if you can hear us. Uh, all we got to you is And smiling. I'm like, oh, oh my God, I'm supposed to like, and we had like a ladder in the match. We're supposed to do all this stuff. And she knowed everything the entire time. And I was like, what the fuck? And I'm like, just end it. I'm like, oh my God, just end the match. Okay. I was Gabby, to, like, we lost you. We lost you at the beginning of this tale. You froze I'm up and sorry. we totally lost you. No, like I, your computer went off. and it, So we don't actually know who you're talking about. We just... Oh, where are we at? What was the last thing you heard? It's kind of like joined in progress kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Uh, the last thing you talked you talked about not doing the uh, staple gun because of Lefisto, And that's as we lost you. Okay. So, yeah. I didn't want to do the staple gun because of Lefisto got an infection <laughs> up her arm. So here was another thing where I was saying, like, if you say how... Uh, what's her face said... If you don't want to do anything, just say yeah. no. And yeah. this one girl was agreeing to everything in the back. And then we get in the match and she yeah. didn't want to do any of it. And she's like, no, no, no. And I'm like, what do you know? You said yes in the back. And I was like, so now I'm trying to go around and think of something else. And she literally said no to everything that we had planned in the match. And except for the stuff she wanted to do. I'm like, great. So I get my ass beat and you don't want to take anything. Awesome. Sounds great. Um, so I think I just got like really mad at the end. I think I like stiffed her on an elbow. Um, 
And then I was supposed to put like the, the ladder on top of her and do a senton and she's screaming no. Like, so I didn't. I was like, oh my God, this is just a nightmare. And then I had to wrestle Mickey Knuckles in in the in my last in my last round. So I went three rounds and she wrestled the girl I wrestled in the first round, BB Walls, who doesn't know what to do. So one, she was kind of BB Walls. Not knowing what to do, and I think she, um, we found out later she was knocked out in that match. You guys have to go watch this match because it's hysterical. Mickey Knuckles flips the fuck out on her, and Mickey's like, "Just punch me in the face, let's go!" And, and like beats the shit out of this girl. And now Mickey comes back super pissed. She's punching walls like she's like punching a refrigerator that was in the back, and I have to wrestle her next. She's like, "Oh great, she's really pissed." And we had a Taipei death match. So, um, and I was just like, oh, what is happening right now? And I was like so nervous that she's so pissed, but she took care of me, thankfully, because she's professional. Uh, and I'm like, I didn't piss her off, so she didn't take it out of me, thank God. Um, but I kept forgetting that I had the glass on my hand. So when I was bleeding, I kept trying to go like this to get the blood out of my eye. And then I'm like cutting my face. Oh, it's supposed to glass in my eye. <laughs> that's fine you don't need that um but that was a good match but i was mad too because i was supposed to drive with somebody and then that girl bailed so i had like 14 hour drive by myself and then i had to do that at home like it was a nightmare it was a real nightmare <laughs> but i was supposed to do it the year after and i'm like i'm good i think i'm gonna skip this year I'll yeah do the one I, after i'm actually I, I, supposed to do the one this year and then it got postponed and sorry i'm not quite sure the next date but i was <laughs> queen of the death match this year Oh, yeah. See, I, I remember coming across these matches and they were unlike any of the other matches that you had out there. They're, and I got to this and I'm like, kind of dumbfounded watching this going, holy crap, this girl's really like. And then I just remember one scene where somebody cut you in the head and you were so mad after the match. You look like you just wanted to beat up everyone in the front row. You were just like, I can't believe I did that shit. Like, it was, it was just was like, always oh, something that stuck me, in my head. You made me ugly or whatever. Like, yeah. I'm like you made me as ugly as you. Like, because I, cause, and I, and I, and everyone bled the first round, and I, yeah. I didn't like that because it's like, where's the lead up? So I tried to have some sort of storyline to a lead up for me to get, to get, yeah. you know, color. And I, I, and I'm, you know, everyone always wants me to do comedy, so I try to work around it. And like, I also um, did death matches when I was in Mexico too. So okay, and under it's, it, a couple different names there. It was sort of funny because to set the scene for this of what I've seen is she always had this little comedy uh, routine she'd do and she'd come out with these colorful little skirts and do this sort of valley girl type thing. And so in the middle of this death match is there's all these women who look like they would kill you in a truck stop and she just comes out like da 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 right? <laughs> and then just gets pummeled and I was like what am I watching? I, I've always wanted to ask you like wow <laughs> what was that? Like that, that must have been something like uh, I, th I thought it was too because it was like i feel like i was the only one that had a character and had like a and kept it going i feel like people are like i'm this person and then they forget who they are and when they wrestle and i feel like I, I try to keep that throughout the match like oh i just got i'm bleeding but like what what's my real concern is it like oh my, my character i'm concerned that i'm ugly and you messed up my hair i'm not concerned <laughs> that you hit me with a light tube or whatever it was like you know what I mean? like that's 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 quite the progression of wrestling <laughs> yeah i always say yeah you know it, it, it's okay 
Just remember, Pluto you said that was make, trying to make some sense in a nonsensical business. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I love you saying how fun it was as you were cutting your face by accident, wiping your hands. Not sure what kind of fun is, uh, but okay. Um, so now we're going to get to the point where it, I want to ask you guys: Is there any kind of thing you want to discuss about women's wrestling that you think would, we should be talking about right now? And uh, we'll start off with uh, let's start off with Raven. Raven, is there a topic you think we should be talking about right now? We've covered so much. I don't yeah, know we have. But have I missed something that's in your mind? <laughs> no. No? Okay. Daniel? I just want to go back to the point where, you know, a lot of young girls coming into the business now, um, mm-hmm. things have changed. A lot of women have come forward with stories like mm. abuse and things like that. They've opened the door for people to come in and not take any of that crap. And I don't think mm-hmm. any woman should have ever taken any of that crap to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of hidden and kept within the business. It was like the the code of the boys and the girls. You don't talk mm-hmm. about it. And I was never, ever a part of that. Mm-hmm. So uh, for any young woman or man or, you mm-hmm. know, coming into the business, if please stand up for yourself, um, you're dignity, your self-worth, your safety, your health is not worth the bullshit of an indie show. So like, Mm -hmm. so that's number one. And number two, always have something to fall back on um, Mm -hmm. beyond just wrestling. Um, Have, have a backup plan. There's no guarantee in this business. So male, female, that's kind of my, my message to anyone out there. That is a very, very good point. To it have is. a plan B. I was really kind of, uh, well, I have, I don't know if the other two girls know my daughters at all, but I have two daughters that are actually in the business. And I was pretty strict on that, that I wanted them to at least graduate and look further into schooling because you never know when an injury is going to come and you need something to fall back on. That's really important. I'm glad you brought that up. Okay. Help them to hit me up. We're always looking for girls. You can look up the whole sisters there on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You, you awesome. do know she works for CCW, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Combat Zone Wrestling. It, it, it has a name for being tough. <laughs> um, and, and Dania, you know what? You made a great point. Is um, it, it, I'm glad this is it's, – it's really good that this, this is coming out, these things, really into the light. Because, I mean, it's been under the surface for, like, I don't know how long, you know? Um, I'm not going to name a company or even the people. But I mean, I can recall a situation where I was working at a company I don't really work with very much and I'm backstage and I don't know very many people. So it's not like I can stop and say, hey, that's something. Right. But they bring in a wrestler, a 16 year old girl from the other side of the country, and she's with like a 22 year old dude. And right away, I'm like, does not anybody think this is cool? Like, this seems really awkward and weird. Is this like a recent time? We're not going to talk about the people, but yes, it's in the last couple of years, the last six or seven years. And uh, this, uh, you know, like in my head, there's just red flags. I'm like, how could her parents let her be shacked up with her boyfriend, who's quite a bit older? And uh, so, like, I thought it was wrong, but what could I say? And that's the sad part is I really felt I was in a a situation where I couldn't say anything because I don't think the owner cared. I don't think the promoter and the people around cared at all. And I found that very sad. And I kept thinking, I kept praying, man, I hope nothing bad happens to that girl, you know? And then years later, something did bad happen to that girl. And uh, she made a big stink about it. And 
you know, a lot of it uh, resulted in this whole speak out movement. And it's sad that we had that set up like that, where people were willing to just turn a blind eye because they were making some money, you know? Uh, I know I left that thing and I talked to my wife and I said, I don't want to be with this, this company anymore. This is, this is disgusting. Like, you know what? She can say she's in love and happy, but she's a 16 year old girl. And that dude is taking mm. advantage of her. And there's nothing I can say because she thinks she loves him right now. She's all in with it. But what, what happens when the day she wakes up and she's not, you know, and that's exactly what happened. And it's sad, it's sad, but I'm glad she spoke out and I'm glad it's a uh, lots of people are speaking out because Nobody should have to be that. I, I don't want to be backstage in any company where I feel like these people are creeps and these people are taking advantage of people. Not cool. Not cool at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Gabby, is there something that you think we should have talked about that we didn't? Well, just a, a little bit on what you said. Uh, mm-hmm. We guys were already talking about like the speaking out thing. Like it, it's mm-hmm. so hard because from where I started to where we are now, like I said, like they wouldn't mm-hmm. even let girls in. And mm-hmm. so when you were there, you had to act like one of the boys. And, uh, my trainer, I, you know, I was like 16, 17 when I started, my trainer was like, you shake their hand. If anyone touches any more than your hand like this, it's, they want to, they're trying to do things and don't let them, even if they put your hand on their shoulder and this, as they shake your hand, don't let them. And like he, I've been taught very early with them and, um, you know, fat Frank and magic and from Jersey all pro everyone's a scumbag and that's how you have to take it like okay got it and then uh, I've heard a lot of sick stories when I was started and so if that didn't scare me the first day I guess I was all right but then I was also like well if I'm going to be the boys I gotta be treated like the boys I'm not gonna you know if I'm gonna sit here and watch the boys get changed in the locker room then they can watch me get changed in the locker room that's how I felt but I'm like I also didn't whip it all out but I'm at the same time like hey we're supposed to be equals. I'm going to change in front of everybody. But then I'm also, Hey, you're going to say dirty shit to me. I'll say dirty shit right back to you. And I, okay. And I was, so I, I have a foul mouth. I really do. Mm-hmm. And it's probably how I was brought up and like, mm-hmm. and, and I, it's not right. Like, but it's not right. No, but, I'm I'm like, but that's how I was treated. So then yeah. like, that's how I treat people in the locker room. And, and it's not right because I'm sure I made girls and guys uncomfortable at points mm-hmm. and I'm sorry for that. I never really intended that. It was just mm-hmm. kind of like, that's just how it was. And, um, and so like, I, I always say too, like, it's also, you know, you, you put yourself in these situations and you have to be prepared for that. Like, okay, I'm going to be in a car load full of dudes driving across the country hope nothing happens. I hope these guys are okay. And how well do you know wrestlers? You know what I mean? I see you, you know, once a month on the weekend or something, you know what I mean? Like you hope nothing happens and thankfully nothing really happens to me. Um, But at the same time, like, and, and I feel so horrible for these, you know, guys and girls that things have happened to. And Mm -hmm. but at the same time, like I don't drink, Mm -hmm. I don't, I've never, you know, I don't drink, I don't do that stuff. But then you hear these people, they go out drinking with, you know, someone else and they're out drinking and things happen and things happen to them, like, and they get blacked out or whatever. And then it's like, well, who's to say that guy didn't get blacked out? He don't know what happened. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm not trying to defend anybody here, but like the guy or girl, let's not put ourselves in situations that can go bad. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But but when you're young like that and you get thrown in because you got to think about, too, it's still a business. 
mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Don't put yourself in situations, but at the same time, it's wrestling. It's kind of hard not to put yourself in a situation. How many times have I've done outside shows? There's nowhere to change. I have to have the boys hold up a towel for me mm-hmm. to so I can get changed. You know what I mean? So yeah. there's not like little kids walking by. So it's 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 really weird situation, but it's also like stay in your ground and don't let anything happen to you. And I'll try not to put yourself in situations that you can't help yourself in if you can't defend yourself or something. Mm-hmm. So, but actually at CZW now we, um, we have an HR person and we have a code of conduct and uh, any of our new students um, have to, you know, we have a class with them and mm-hmm. we have them sign everything. And so they know we have a, a little girl there. She's 13. She's actually 14 now, but she was 13 when she started. And like, she's at all these shows and there's grown men at these shows, like getting changed and we'll make sure like you aren't allowed in this section. You can't be here without this person. And, mm-hmm. and, and some of the guys, you know, kids are there too. So we're like, we go out of our way. Like, where are they? You need to check in. You need to be at the spot and like, make sure nothing bad happens to people. And that it's just all like, we but okay. like other things we can talk about is about my book. That's going to come out. Well, you, you'll get, you guys get a little chance to pro- put your promos. Don't tr- trust me on this one. Um, <laughs> You know what? Uh, one thing I think of, too, that's really uh, interesting, too, and, uh, you know, we talked about this. Uh, we talked about training and stuff quite a while ago on another episode. And uh, Tony Diaz, who uh, from WPOV, has done a lot of training, and he's trained a lot of women wrestlers. And he always talked about how the very much importance, he said, even with me, I insist that when I'm training, that there is, like, somebody, like, if it's a, an underage person, that there's somebody, a relative or somebody there at the whole time, you know, whether I'm training a boy or a girl, just so that, you know, there's, there's not, there can never be any doubt that there's anything weird going to happen, you know? And he goes, and I tell them, you know, the, the women, I say to them, don't go into the men's locker room. They're not going to go into yours. Stay out of those things. Don't put yourself into any kind of mm-hmm. situation, no matter how comfortable or how joking around you may feel. Don't even bring up that stuff. Don't ever make it some kind of issue. You know, um, so you know what? Uh, this has been a weird episode. In the fact is, I really just wanted to like after the last time we did women's wrestling, we basically a bunch of guys sat around and just talked about our favorite wrestlers and things and moves and blah blah blah. But this one I wanted to be different. I wanted to get different types of women wrestlers who have different types of careers of different ages to just tell me their views, their point of views about the things they've dealt with in women's wrestling. I think we've got a bit of a slice of that today from, from different time eras of different ages and different things. And, and the most important part is there is no right or wrong here. This is your point of view. And we got to hear your guys's experiences and your guys's uh, views on these things. And I got to say, there's some things I've always wondered about. You guys have, have, put, have given me more things to think about, and I love that, and I want to thank each and every one of you that's come on here. And uh, before we go, I'm going to go around the thing here. We are going to throw out our social medias, push and promote whatever the heck we want, and I see Gabby's, like, jumping out of the skin to tell us something <laughs> there. So we're going to start with Gabby. Gabby, throw out all of your um, social media stuff and tell us about projects or anything you got upcoming, and, and the floor is yours. Awesome. Uh, thank you. First of all, thank you so much for having me. And thank you for the other girls. I know I'm a talker. I'm sorry. But I, <laughs> um, but I appreciate um, you know, talking with all of you guys and all of you girls. This is, it means a lot to me. Um, uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter and everything at I am Gabby Gilbert. 
Um, I've also wrestled under a hundred other names. If you want to find me on YouTube, I'm there somewhere. Uh, I, um, right now I am a trainer at the CZW school. If anyone's looking in the Jersey Philly area to be, you know, a wrestler, come on down. Um, you know, Jimmy Rave is a, a trainer there and Nate from the rep. Um, like there's a lot of good, talented people there and we want to train everyone and make everyone a wrestler and live out their dream, whatever that may be. And, um, also, uh, like I have a book coming out. I was hoping for this month, but because of COVID, I'm thinking it's closer to February. We'll see. Uh, it's called Do You Have Any Risk Tape? It's a pro wrestler survival guide. And so <laughs> uh, uh, a lot of uh, backstage stuff, what you should have in your bag kind of thing. Um, and to promote that, I actually have a YouTube videos, a nice little series called What's in Your Wrestling Bag? And I interview a bunch of wrestlers and we go through all their stuff and I know what they have in their bag and so it's fun and somebody else besides kenny casanova that's got a book coming out yes life. not promoting it the first other person to promote a book on this show yeah, he's, thank he still you, writes in and asks wait for what's this book about <laughs> uh he okay. wrote about kamala uh he's the vader. one who does all the official bi- biographies vader we had him on the show and he's always promoting all his books he does a coloring right. book there's he's a, a coloring, coloring book. book yeah he's done a bunch of biographies all right what's the name again i gotta <laughs> kenny casanova I got to hit him up and help me with my book. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So don't worry, Gabby. We're going to put all that information on, uh, on the uh, setup for this. So people can uh, have all your social medias and we'll even mention your book. All right. Awesome. Hashtag got risk oh. Go find me. All righty. <laughs> Daniel, what do you got? Uh, what do you got to throw out there? Uh, I'm on Instagram D underscore Rivy R I V Y. Um, I'm, pretty much retired at this point i'll do the occasional match for certain promotions that i love um but my focus now uh, i switched to competitive crossfit and i do a lot of uh, fitness programs and nutrition programs for pro wrestlers so if you're looking to get in shape in a healthy way without starving yourself um building progressions then uh, hit me up on instagram and we can talk about that Excellent. I would have been blown away if you said, I'm writing a book and say, ironically, it's the same name as, no. (laughs) 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 That would have made me really laugh. All right. Raven, throw out some media stuff there. Um, Facebook is Raven Lake. Instagram and Twitter are both RVN Lake. Um, And check out my girls. Check out Bambi Hall and Liza Hall. They're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Check them out. All right. Excellent. Andy, thanks for popping on the show. Throw out your uh, stuff. I just want to say thank you to the ladies. Uh, I just, to me, this is, I think you would agree, this is probably the quietest I've ever been <laughs> for a show. Yes. Except for and... the whole stumbly five minute question. Because, I mean, Andy Anderson, the wrestler, is such an asshole. But, I mean, me, like, outside of that, is not. I mean, it's just. <laughs> You know, you all know it was done with, with the utmost respect and, and <laughs> love for for wrestling and and for you all. So that 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 was that. It was also I had to kind of feel like I had to like contribute to the show because I just I caught myself just sitting here like listening. It's like, uh-huh. it's like this was good. Like, it was a, it was a, it was a great listen. And I'm like, well, no, you're a co-host. You should try like, you know, say something now and then. But um, 
On the Twitter machine, you can find me at Andy Anderson PWA. Uh, on Instagram, it's I'm that guy TCB two four seven. So that's the letters I M T H A T G U Y TCB two four seven, and it's uh, a lot of fitness and uh, me reliving the glory days of my wrestling career. So fun uh, stuff. Excellent. Excellent. Well, fans, you know, we're not the only show that's on the WPOV network. There's also uh, WPOV Wrestling every uh, Saturday where uh, Tony Diaz and Rick Serrano III talk all WWE. They talk NXT. Uh, uh, what else is there? Smack, SmackDown. We'll see how much I watch for WWE. SmackDown, Raw. And they do a comparison of AEW versus uh, NXT, which the three of us also get in on called their Wednesday Night Delight, where they compare the two shows and try and make a vote. And we see how that goes. Uh, there's also uh, WPOV Global, which uh, has me, uh, Elio, and Andy Anderson talking a lot of AEW breakdown and some of the little things going on in uh, other promotions around the country. There's also Quarantine here, your Zoom-based show where we uh, have different wrestlers from around uh, around the world come in and talk about all kinds of different topics. And uh, you can find all of these things on Facebook, Facebook. Uh, this is where I lost again. Tune in, Podbean, uh, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, and Apple. Is it Apple Tunes? Wherever a better podcast. I, iTunes. iTunes. There we go. And Elio, tell the people where they can write into. And this is Elio's voice if you're wondering who he was that whole time. I want to think. Uh, <laughs> this would be a good time for you to sign in and tell people where they can write to. You can write it to us on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram Wrestling POV One, and Twitter at Wrestling POV. So, folks, we want to thank you all for tuning in. Ladies, thank you so much. Thank you. It was a really thank fun you. time. Talk some thank great you. stuff. <laughs> that was an ugly lady who just <laughs> said Oh, I, that, I, that hurt my feelings. <laughs> two of them. It was metal, too. Um, ladies were saying thank you. I was thanking, I was thanking the ladies as well. I just. Oh, okay. Sorry. Up. I thought you were taking the thank you as a lady. But okay. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> folks, uh, tune in next week and. Uh, just keep, you know what? COVID's still going on. Wash your hands. Wear masks. So you're not a dick. Um, just be good to each other. Remember, you are wrestling fans. You're already being made fun of because you watch people in tights. Well, you know what? You're with a bunch of group of people here that love the same thing. So don't be mean to each other. Be nice to each other. And hopefully we'll see you next week. Good night. Bye.